It's all about control. To them, we just cattle. Numbers battling each other while they're creeping in the shadows. Scheming, plotting, clocking your every move. Locked in your. Mind brainwashing till it's rocking. Got the population operating as they want them. Symbolically mocking them, thinking nothing can stop them. So open your eyes to the lies of the evil. The poison in the minds and the lives of your people. And every time they lead you down a line to deceive you. Then it's always too late to see through the veil that they hide behind Cause your third eye is blind, better take a stand We running out of time, ain't nobody coming to save us Fuck what you had in mind, arm yourself with the truth and jump behind the battle line Can we turn it around? Yeah, it's possible The Bible will fall, but united world This is for the world, this is for the masses Attached to the strings, being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth, searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues, I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones waking up from the spell So, about 20 minutes late starting the stream. Um, yeah, what's up with that? So, it's about, you know, learning new stuff and figuring out technical difficulties as as you jump in and, and everything. So, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a new day and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun show. So, we're going to continue... We will continue uh, the reading of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, exposed by Etienne de la Boetti Squared. Um, that will happen. Uh, but now that we're 20 minutes late starting the show, gotta, uh, gotta kind of breeze through this intro here. So, if you're not already familiar, my name is James Cordiner, and you're watching A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. 
Um, so the show that started close to two years ago. Uh, we've been we've been doing it for about two years now, and that was just before the scan scamdemic popped off that this show started, and it went through a few different iterations before we found our home as a Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. Um, so might notice a couple of different things that are going on right now. Um, no longer doing the live chat on the Discord, although I will still be integrating the Discord into the show. So how do, how do I mean? Well, uh, paying attention to the Discord, the live chat in the Discord was actually, was actually kind of a pain in the ass for me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass. I could make a whole, I, I could do the whole thing and integrate it into OBS and all that stuff. So all I'd have to do is look up. But I realized I was, uh, you know, kind of cheating the audience out a little bit by, give, by like making them not only watch it on Odyssey, but also using Discord to chat with me during the show when it's like, well, you could just, we could just keep it centralized. Uh, on the Odyssey chat for me, of course you guys go talk about it wherever you want. That's not that's not my problem, you know. That's not a, not a problem for me, or and I'm not going to choose to make it my problem. But where it comes to, if you have something that you want me to see during the show, uh, just participate in the live chat right down there, okay? And everything will be cool. So. Um, I apologize starting starting out a little late tonight, but what are you gonna do? You know, technical difficulties, son of a bitch. It's uh, it's a real pain in the ass. I have a couple of neat things lined up for us tonight. Um, one of them is a uh, one of them is a video of a an interview with the author of this book. Before everyone goes in and you know cheers, I. It's not an interview I did. It's just a, a video of an interview I found. He talks about the Thick Red Line project. And once we get to the part of the book where it's appropriate for me to show you this video where he explains to James Corbett what the Thick Red Line project is, then, uh, of course, we'll switch over to that. I also will probably be uh, toward the end. I don't know if we'll have enough time for this. But I would really, really, really love to feature the interview I did with New York Patriot about Tool, um, the band Tool, where we kind of talked about the band and some of their more, um, some of their lyrics that are more, I guess you would say, occult driven. Um, yeah, so I, oh, um, I am also extending an, apo an apology to uh, Anarchy Ball. I totally fell asleep last night. I was supposed to interview somebody last night, and I completely fell asleep before the uh, before the interview was supposed to kick off. Com you know, but what are you gonna do? Such is life. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I also think that. It will be a fun. It'll be a fun stream. It, it'll be. It might be uh, a little bit of a different, a different attitude that you see from me tonight. But that's okay. 
and we're just gonna we're just gonna hop right into it and we'll get right over to uh, right over to the book so here we are here's the cover of the book as usual and you know I got a couple of clicks to make here and we'll get back to uh, in interactive mode here and we'll scroll right down to I think about page 70 I think that's where we were right around yep right right down here some Venn diagrams there so yeah we're so yeah we're we're coming up to this here Liberty hacks yeah so this is gonna be fun let me get that off of the screen there. There we go. Oh, got something in my eye. All right. We're just gonna power right through this. I mean, we're we're just about we're 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 over halfway through the book now, you know. And it's gonna be, you know, I got a couple more weeks of this, and then we'll move on to the next topic, which you know, after all of this, uh, I really want to get into more. So this is all like, you know, problems in the world. This is this. These are the these are the problems. And although there are a lot of solutions that are presented in this book, I really want to get into those solutions. So what we'll be starting to talk about uh, after a few more weeks of getting through this book, we're really going to pick it up and we're going to get into uh, natural law. We're going to get into uh, anarchy and agorism and all of these solutions to all the bad news. Uh, so, Liberty Hacks, the easy substitutions that make us free. The good news, there is a resistance. For those who are new to this information, I know it can be daunting, scary, and trigger the psychological defense mechanism of cognitive dissonance where the brain simply can't accept new information, even if factual, because it causes pain or fear. Some are even trapped by Stockholm Syndrome, a well-understood condition where hostages develop a psychological alliance with their captors as a survival strategy during captivity. The good news? There is a resistance. It is growing, picking up speed, only going in one direction, and is approaching incapable of exponential growth if good people get themselves into the fight. While we aren't the majority yet, there is a growing and important truth movement that is awakening. While we might not be uniting on every level, we know the system is lying to us. We are coming to some common understandings. Most importantly, once people realize there is a man behind the curtain in Google, Fedbook, media, and or the government authority, uh, that government authority is illogical, immoral, indoctrinated, and illegitimate. They rarely, rarely go back to statism or wearing a costume or badge that identifies them as an order follower, robbing their friends and neighbors. Here are three things that the truth community broadly agrees on and some strategies to fight back. One, the banks are stealing the value of our money. The ability for banks to create money out of thin air and loan it at interest using a technique called fractional reserve banking, they lobbied and bribed Congress to make legal with the Federal Reserve Act, is making banks trillions while simultaneously stealing the value 
out of everybody's earnings and savings through inflation. These vast stolen profits are what have allowed the banks to control the government and buy up the media companies. So what's the liberty hack? Don't do business with these monopoly money centers, uh, center banks, especially J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, HSBC, Barclays, Wells Fargo, and UBS. Choose non-affiliated regional banks and credit unions, even if it's less convenient. Yeah. So that's just, you know, it's like going around, you know. <laughs> uh, so number two, organized crime government and monopoly media and CIA, Google, Facebook, Twitter equals the fake news, fake reality. So it's like they are, I think I use the term bottlenecking, but they're, they're basically just, you know, streamlining all of the, all of the lies. And how many times do you think you need to hear the same lie over and over again? If you're just an average person, you know, just an average Joe going, going about your business, how many times do you have to hear the same lie over and over and over before you might go and think that it's the truth? There are six monopoly media companies running hundreds of subsidiaries. See, I did it. I finally fucking did it. I said that word correctly. Uh, hundreds of subsidiaries to offer the illusion of choice, but working together as a cartel and using wise propaganda and unethically manipulative psychological techniques in a coordinated effort to deceive, distract, and manipulate society. Google, YouTube, Amazon, Facebook, Wikipedia, Twitter, Reddit, Snopes, Instagram, Pinterest, the Drudge Report, and others have been caught both promoting false government narratives or views and and voices and hiding and lying about alternative narratives or views and facts. The revolution will not be televised or recommended for you by YouTube. No, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution is already going on. <laughs> it's just you don't see it because you're the victim. You don't fight back. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be turned under. <laughs> So that's the liberty hack. But you just turn it off. Turn off the monopoly media completely and begin to get your news and information from the developing voices of the alternative media that we recommend in this section. Take the money you are saving from cable television, Netflix, and Amazon Prime and transfer that to support alternative media using donation aggregators like Patreon. Don't use Patreon. Bitbacker and direct donations. Patreon's a fucking bullshit company. Um, this is again this book is not 2022 they do have a fifth edition where it's updated I don't have that I bought it I bought this from him uh, right before he announced he was doing a fifth edition so damn you Howard damn you uh, the intelligence agency number three the intelligence agency agencies and monopoly media are behind terrorism which is designed by them to terrorize you multiple government agent uh, intelligence agencies 
So the USA, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and Pakistan behind the 9-11 false flag attacks, which transferred trillions to the military-industrial complex and allowed them to steal our civil liberties. Um, so before I go forward with that, like whether or not you think that that was the intention, which it was, it still happened. So, uh, so the FBI and ATF were behind the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing that blew up a daycare center to tar the militia movement that was growing rapidly after the FBI hostage and rescue team and Delta Force murdered 80 men, women, and children at Waco and covered it up with the help of the media. So there's, it's, this is, <laughs> um, this is, this is one of those contradicting moments in this book that I, that like it or not, I've noticed time uh, a few times. Uh, but this one is like, um, saying that the media covered up Waco and everything it did at the time, but it's also saying that you should get rid of Netflix, but like there's a document, there's like a, you know, there's a series on Netflix about the Waco uh, incident and it like tells uh, it tells like the truth about what happened at Waco how like the FBI and ATF like killed David Koresh's dogs and like did all this crazy shit and the the women men women and children at Waco were just like all innocent bystanders you know like this this I don't know but I doesn't change the fact that like at the time when Waco happened they did cover it up um, so the FBI and domestic police agencies behind uh, hundreds of agent provocateur uh, domestic terrorism incidents using low IQ patsies and involvement in suspicious events like the Boston bombing Sandy Hook the 1993 World Trade Center car bomb Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting and others. So regardless, like we said before, when we covered this section before, um, you know, people died, people didn't die. What a futile argument. I'm sure that there's enough, you know, enough people out there that question it and, and everything. But what we really should be questioning, what we really should keep in mind and question is the motive that we're being told is the story that we're being told the truth. Um, so you can sit there all day and say that maybe, you know, the people that the media is saying are responsible for these events. You know, you can question, you, you can question whatever you want. I, however, am not comfortable. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not very comfortable with, with these types of conversations because it's it's like uh it's emotional to me a couple of those things on there particularly sandy hook and the boston bombing one i have children they're not in public schools and they never will be but it's still an emotional nerve i also am from massachusetts so that's another kind of emotional nerve. But the point I'm, I'm kind of leaning into here is about emo like emotional mind control. So 
you that's when your emotions are ruling your your uh, your mind and you're not able to think logically and with reason about these things which is how i'm actually you know dealing with talking about this is i have to remind myself that my emotional attachments to these ideas should not stop me from considering that it's all a bunch of bullshit you know how long after the Boston bombing were they making a fucking Mark Wahlberg movie out of it? I'm just saying. And there's no shame. There's no shame with these people. Um, so here's the liberty hack for number three. is to Don't be afraid. The chances that you or your family will die in an intelligence agency-sponsored false flag terrorist incident or school shooting are quite low, according to one study. Your chances of being killed by a terrorist, wrapped in quotes are one in 30 million versus killed by the government or police as one in 79,815. Focus on the very real danger of shave-headed, mind-controlled government enforcers uh, delusional in the belief that they have rights that others don't. Uh, so that brings us to this next so let's just call it organized crime. Yes, uh, there was and probably is a Bavarian Illuminati. And there are Freemasons, dual citizenship Zionist Israelis, Jesuits, Skull and Bonesmen, Bohemian Grove attendees, Council on Foreign Relations members, uh, Bergrin uh, Institute members, Pilgrim Society, Group of 30 members, trilateralists, the Bilderberg group members involved in key positions of power. If you want to rob the world, you have to have meetings, and it is easy for criminal, moneyed interests willing to kill, bribe, and blackmail to hijack and control any hierarchical organization over time. But let's not complicate the issue. We can simply refer to the problem as organized crime, because it is people, the FBI, or police understand and can relate to organized crime. Bavarian Illuminati, not so much. Be suspicious of anyone using the amorphous term globalist, elitists, deep state, or new world order to describe the problem. These appear to be purposefully unhelpful, undescriptive terms. Yeah, so it's this, oh, excuse me, this goes back to where we should be centering our attention where we should be putting our focus right we can sit around i mean this book does does do a good job at pointing out a lot of things and it does do the it does do a lot of things that we do need to actually talk about and and everything but how long are we talking about it before it's just irrelevant you know like this is good stuff to point out the ways that we're getting fucked over but we're not really doing anything about it, right? When at the end of the day, none of these things matter because we're still in a condition of slavery. Um, we're still we're still right there in that condition of slavery. So these are all great motivators to to get us up and up and uh, like up and you know to want to stand in our power and take take back what's ours and do all these great things but until we can get to a point where we just realize that government's the problem 
that it doesn't matter like these these all these different little secret societies that he's pointing out at the top there like the bohemian grove the skull and bonesmen the jesuits the foreign relations the council on foreign relations members pilgrim society trilateralists that's like the trilateral commission all of these different groups these round tables and everything like that none of it fucking matters none of it matters when we're in this condition of slavery that's the only thing that should matter so we are not free individuals no matter how many times you're lied to and told that you are you are not and it's the government that's the problem and they gotta go um so this next part is for the order followers. These, these, this next part is for the people that are uh, working for organized crime. So accept my sincerest apologies and then quit working for organized crime. I am truly, truly sorry to have to be the one to break this news to you, especially since I have good friends and family who work in the schools, federal, local government, police, military, or our veterans. I personally don't have any good friends or family who work in schools, federal, local government, police, military. Um, do I have any family that are veterans? I know I have, I know I, I am a descendant of a veteran, a World War II veteran. Uh, I, I don't think I have any friends that I don't think I have any friends that are, uh, that are in the, that are in the governments or anything like that. But in any case, if you shaved your head and wear or wore a uniform if you killed because someone told you to if you've locked up peaceful people for victimless crimes if you inconvenienced travelers and violated their dignity and privacy if you propagandized and distracted the population from hollywood new york washington dc atlanta or langley it's okay you are forgiven we are up against an intergenerational, multi-trillion dollar propaganda, indoctrination, and control system. I went to government schools, and I was a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. It took me a while to overcome the programming. I know it is harder to admit the truth if you are drawing a paycheck, but it's time to quit pretending you don't know the government isn't evil. Murdering people globally, robbing the population, completely illegitimate on its face and funded by money stolen from others at the point of a gun. If you are in the system and just can't leave yet, then throw sand in the gears every chance you get. Leak the state's documents. Expose the state's crimes. Sabotage the state's ability to track, trace, and control peaceful people. And teach the kids in your charge the truth about the system. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So, Liberty Hack. First, flip the script. The movement is full of honorable veterans and ex-police officers who signed up to protect their friends, families, and communities and then got out when they realized the truth about the system. There are hundreds of intelligence officers and military officers and pilots, including generals and admirals, who have questioned the official story of 9-11 publicly. Become a scholar. Get organized. 
Many police officers are quitting publicly and speaking out, including Rayford Davis, Barry Cooper, and Brad Jardis. Jardis. Jardisimo. Um, so yeah, that's him. Just basically, that's him. Those are his words. It's okay. You are forgiven. All right. We're going to have compassion for those people, but it's okay. You are forgiven if you stop right now. <laughs> you got to stop right now. And don't, uh, you can't leave yet. You can leave. Leave now. Quit your cult. Quit your cult. Stop it. Just quit. Take down or at least replace that flag. It is the symbol of your oppression and an artificial indoctrinated belief system. You might as well fly the Nazi flag. Some artificial religious symbol, different sect. We are advocating some version of the Betsy Ross flag, circle of 13 stars in the blue field as a protest against organized crime's use of the current flag as an indoctrinated artificial religious symbol. We are suggesting if you are going to fly a flag, it should only be in protest to the current government. And a reminder of America's true glory days, where there is essentially no gubernare mente of government, no licenses, no militarized, no militarized police forces, no fake terrorism, no hoax shootings, no propaganda, no monopolies, no spying, no income tax, no central bank, and, a, and an essential free market in money. We like our 5%er voluntarist version. I do too. Forget pol politics, except for those running to expose and repeal the system. Don't play poker in a crooked card game, and don't vote to rob your friends and neighbors to put your political party's ideas into practice by force. The Libertarian Party appears ineffective with faux libertarians like Bill Weld and clowns like John McAfee being used to sully it. Why won't this go away? Go away, stupid fucking borders on a shitty fucking... There you go. The only redemption would be a quality candidate running on a platform of a peaceful and orderly dissolution of the federal government and not and to be not president because the candidate would have the honesty to openly state that political authority is illegitimate. If an honest candidate emerged, then the campaign could be used as a referendum on a peaceful and orderly dissolution of the federal government where defense and pol police powers are transferred to the respective states immediately, but under a new ethical natural law-based defensive posture and a model that will need to be ultimately privatized and or managed by a not-for-profit. Well, that sounds nice. Like, anyway, okay. <laughs> so, here's some more, po here's some positive stuff, all right? Spiritual health and wellness. Stay spiritually and physically healthy while detoxing the system's poisons. The system loves using its monopoly food and water companies, plus the plug-in drug of television 
to debilitate the public so they can't think straight, focus, and are too sedentary, sedentary to resist the government or even get off the couch. And you see the skyrocketing rates of addiction and obesity in the U.S. Blame the drug dealers who are controlling the system. And their partners in the media who are selling addictive food, beverages, illegal or uh, legal and illegal drug using a, drugs using a combo of product placement, advertising, and monopoly AMA, American Medical Association Medicine. Fight back. Here are some tips. Spiritual health. Get a good night's sleep. Try to meditate daily. Keep the mind free from negative thoughts and emotions, even if someone has wronged you. Give everyone the assumption of goodwill. Try to stay positive. And even when things go bad, realize that you have the ability to control your response. Spend time in the outdoors and with friends. So that's important to remember here. Okay? You have the ability to control your response. So it's about response or reaction. Do you want to be in a responsive mindset or a reaction mindset? You have the ability to control your response if you're balanced between the thoughts, emotion, and action. If one of those is more prevalent than the other, than the other two, or even if two, if you're leaving a third one in the wings, you know, Shit can, shit can get pretty fucking crazy real quick in your own personal life. I've, I've come to realize these things, you know. Is my, this microphone doing okay? Um, so, what do we do? Yeah, get some... Get some, uh, get some good sleep, you know. Trying to stay positive is not like is is good, um, but you can you can really do it. You can really do a good job at this if you if you take this seriously. And the way that you feel inside is gonna. So, mental health and spiritual health and physical health. Mental health is is physical health. I want to get my girl. I I, I want to get my my friend Cat Waters on this show again to really talk about this because she's really good about this but mental health and physical health I mean they're one and the same and we're in a serious we're, we're in a very we're in a decline on both and we can see how it can be orchestrated we're going to get into that in a little bit but um, I think that it's really important that these days we we start taking this more seriously and that we pay more attention to this and uh, st stay physically healthy to try to get physical exercise most days even if you have to get up early work out during lunch with friends or hit the gym in the evening go vegan try to get unfiltered sunlight especially in winter research sun gazing get house plants and to that clean the air find doctors that specialize in a holistic and or uh, orthomolecular approach focused on nutrition i said that word right there like i've said it 20 times i've never seen even seen that word in my life orthomolecular wonder what that's i want to like we're going to look into that uh 
nutrition removing toxins versus monopoly american metal medical association allopathic medicine that only teaches drug-based therapies hot yoga is a demanding workout a moving meditation and sweating is one of the best detoxification routines available uh, research the gerson therapy cannabis and vitamin b12 for cancer over the cut poison and burn of monopoly ama medicine Um, so yeah, get your sheriff's office or police department to go, uh, thick red line. The thick red line project is an effort to restore respect for law enforcement by abolishing victimless crimes. Victimless crimes are not really crimes and they tend to make the cops and criminals. Uh, they tend to, they, and they make the cops the criminals. A real crime, by definition, has a perpetrator and a victim. Murder, assault, rape, theft, and extortion are all obvious crimes because there is a victim. Politicians and bureaucrats frequently institute illogical, immoral, and counterproductive laws. Political scribbles that penalize peaceful, nonviolent people for crimes that have no victim. Drug possession, gambling, and making arrests for ignoring COVID-19 lockdown and social distancing orders are examples of victimless crimes where politicians attempt to get police to use violence immorally and preemptively on overwhelmingly peaceful people frequently to raise revenue or enforce their version of morality on a population. When the police use violence and coercion against peaceful people for victimless crimes, there is simply no way to sugarcoat this makes the cops the criminals who are engaged in kidnapping and extortion under, under the color of law. The Thick Red Line Project is organizing the police to say no to the organized crime government on lockdowns, mass mandates, and other victimless crimes. Go to thickredline.com. .com. says .org. Fucking dipshit. Ugh. Okay, so that brings us to... <laughs> That brings us to uh, our first video of the evening. Okay. So we're, we're going to have fun with this. And uh, we're going to have... We're going to hear from Howard himself. See you on the other side. Tyranny only comes to your door in a uniform and a badge. And if the police say no then the politicians are absolutely positively impotent. We're supporting the police to say no. You're listening to The Corbett Report. Welcome, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, coming to you in a conversation that is being recorded on the 17th of November, 2020. Today, we're going to be talking to a new guest to The Corbett Report. His name is Howard Lichtman. And uh, we're going to be talking about an idea that he has come up with that I think is an important part of the solutions that are going to be necessary to get us through uh, the incredibly turbulent times that are coming. And I think it's the other half of a coin that I uh, talk about often here in terms of civil disobedience, which is going to be necessary. We have to not comply with unlawful orders and with the, the types of things that are coming 
to pass, but the other half of that is we need the enforcement class to be on board with the people and not the, uh, not the great resetters who are trying to shove humanity in a direction that really none of us want to go in. Um, so I think it is going to be important to make sure that the enforcement class knows who the people are that they are serving and what uh, the best way to do that. So here is a solution, an idea for doing that. It is called Thick Red Line. It's at thickredline.org. Howard Lichtman, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, James. Glad to be with you. Excellent. All right, so let's let's get into this idea. First, actually, I want to hear about how this idea originated. And I understand that this came from some civil disobedience activism that you were engaged in that brought to mind the idea of how to engage the police, not as enemies necessarily, but as people who are themselves trapped in a system that they don't necessarily want to be uh, enforcers in. Yeah, absolutely. So I was in California in the beginning of the uh, pandemic, and uh, we were in the heart, myself and David Rodriguez were in the epicenter of COVID in California, according to the LA Times, Santa Clara. And we were the first to really go into the hospitals there, you know, and on video expose empty tents, empty waiting rooms. I actually went through the testing procedure got to the, you know, got to the gentleman doing the testing, took off my mask, explained to him that I was an investigative journalist and, 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 you know, began asking him and he looked very, very nervous, uh, you know, but I began asking him, you know, are you experiencing any more death or disease than the usual and customary seasonal flus and influenzas and, and, uh, you know, pneumonias? And he said no, and they weren't even really doing that much testing in the epicenter of COVID in California. We talked to other employees that were openly speculating that it was a hoax. We also went into a Dominican hospital in Santa Cruz, California, where we found empty tents, empty waiting rooms as well. And uh, right after that video went out, they took down the tents the next day. And so we knew that the government and the media wasn't being truthful about what was going on with COVID. They were exaggerating the lethality. They were exaggerating the communicability. And so we began organizing resistance in Santa Cruz and in the, you know, kind of uh, uh, San Jose area. And in Santa Cruz, uh, we went to a, a, a meeting of kind of 10 friends that had got together, also didn't believe what the government and the media was telling them about COVID. And, and uh, we helped them begin organizing resistance. And the next week we had 20 people and the next week we had 35 and we were you know, marching through the streets of Santa Cruz with a bullhorn going, it's just the flu people, it's just the flu. And explaining to them, you know, uh, giving them some, you know, uh, understanding of what was really going on. And then that 35 grew to a Facebook group of over 400. And we began regularly turning out as many as 70, you know, plus people at different events, some to reopen the beaches, some to reopen parks. We tried to support restaurateurs to, you know, to reopen. And, you know, we would we would go out in force, 70 people. We'd say, we are reopening this beach. And we'd all step forward on the beach. And uh, they'd, you know, close the beach because, you know, from 11 to 5, because that's when the COVID is is active. It's evidently it's not active, you know, in the morning and then in the late evening. But, you know, we'd go out at, at noon or 1 or 2 or whatever time it was. And the police would come. And the police would say, you've got to get off the beach. And we'd say, we're not getting off the beach. And we, we wouldn't argue the constitution. We'd argue our natural law 
rights, that the government doesn't own the beach. There was never a moment where the government took over the ownership of the beach in the world kind of a thing. And we would explain that when the police were using violence against peaceful people, that they are the, you know, they are the criminals. And we would explain to them natural law and they'd say, hey, you know, we don't want to be doing this. We like going to the beach. We like having bonfires. What are we supposed to do? And I had a little bit of an epiphany, and you know, because I've, I've watched them get hammered down when they stand up, uh, you know, individually, like Greg Anderson did in Washington State. And I said, well, what you really need to do is you need to get together, you know, either through your union or outside of your union, and you need to collectively refuse to enforce victimless crimes. And all police officers claim that they have a, a thick red line in the sand that they won't cross. I mean, if you ask them about gun control, it's usually, you know, bare minimum gun control. And so what we did is we said, well, really, the, the logical and the moral place you need to draw the line is no victim, no crime. That is peace and equal rights for all. And you could see that they liked that idea that was really, you know, they're really thinking about it. And so then it kind of grew from there. One of uh, one of my friends said, hey, I'll, you know, I'll pay for a website. We began building a website. And then about two weeks ago, we launched. We raised over uh, $1,000 in less than a week. And tomorrow we're announcing a major gift of $5,000 in Bitcoin cash from Roger Veer. And so we're off to the races and we're trying to recruit sheriffs, police chiefs, deputies and officers to collectively refuse to enforce victimless crimes. Such an important idea, such a simple idea, such a powerful idea. And I think it speaks to the fact that uh, although sometimes we can forget it, depending on what side of that uh, red line we're standing on, but these cops are humans as well, that they themselves are human beings who live in the same culture and, and in the same place that we do and uh, also experience some of the same pangs of doubt about whether what they are being asked to enforce is really the right thing. So it is important to speak to these people and appeal to their humanity. Uh, let's talk about some of the interactions that you've had so far with police and their receptivity or lack thereof to this idea. So I'll tell you this, uh, during the beach protest, while well, the, in the, in the two months that I was in the area, we shut down the police eight times in eight weeks. So every single time that they came out to try and get us to leave the beach, we would say no. And we would, you know, kind of lock arms ourselves. And, uh, ultimately they would threaten to find us and they threatened this and threaten that they did steal David Rodriguez's car one day. But other than that, um, they were never really able to get us to acquiesce and, and, and stand down on our natural law rights. And so, you know, a right not exercised is a right lost. And so we just, you know, we told them, look, you know, we're, you know, we're not trying to be difficult, but you know, the, it is our right to be on this beach. And so we won every time. Um, I've talked to uh, different, I've now talked to, I've started the conversation with sheriffs. I've started the conversation with deputies. Uh, I've had deputies that are giving me the inside scoop on how to, you know, tips to organize different, you know, uh, to, to organize, you know, sheriff's departments are easier than police chiefs because the sheriff is an elected official and uh, the police chief serves at the, you know, at the will of uh, politicians. And so, so we've got people that are, that are helping us along the way within certain sheriff's departments. And I've talked to sheriffs that are actually thinking about it. One in particular, I don't want to, you know, give a name out yet, 
Uh, but that's been very interesting. And another thing is, and you'll find this on the uh, on our press release when we announce, but we actually have on our board of advisors an alderman from the city of Virginia's Vermont who gave us a great quote. He said, you know, I don't want our officers wasting their time on victimless crimes. I want them focused on real crimes with real victims. And so we haven't, I haven't met anybody else really that doesn't really like the idea yet. Um, and so, uh, so it, it seems to be an idea that unites the people and the police against the politicians. And it really is the politicians that are trying to force the police to use violence and be immoral to either raise revenue or to, you know, in, engineer social engineering or, you know, what I would call economic warfare based on, you know, disease models that have already proven to be flawed and incorrect. And so uh, everybody seems to like the idea and nothing but positive so far. That's very good to hear because I think this speaks to the way that we are trapped in by ideas and narratives that uh, can be blown over at, with a strong gust of wind if we actually try. For example, I think that the, the police and the sheriffs and all these people are trapped in their own narrative of, oh, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. We don't want to enforce these laws, but we have to. And on the flip side of that, a lot of people will go along with these mandates. Well, they closed the beach. I guess there's nothing we can do. Just got to stay home. Uh, and no one even thinks to break that condition. No, I'm going to go out to the beach, even though they are telling me not to do so, and I'm not going to leave unless they physically drag me off. And no one thinks to challenge these things, so they don't understand that actually maybe they can break out of these narratives that they've been given, and maybe there's a different way of handling this. So let, let's look at the vision of what you have for Thick Red Line. Where, what is this campaign aiming at? Where is it going from here? How do you want it to spread? So, you know, right now we're beginning, we're starting with the sheriffs that have already said no to some aspect of either, of either uh, the lockdowns or red flag laws. And for the viewers that aren't familiar with red flag laws, uh, certain states are instituting gun confiscation, not widely, but just one, you know, one by one. Maryland is a, is a perfect example where uh, they said, you know, uh, you have a second amendment, but if a neighbor or a friend or, or, or a police officer or a judge decides that you might be a danger to yourself, then we can come and we can take away your second amendment one at a time. And the first time that they did that in Maryland, it was a, I think it was a 63-year-old man that didn't want to give up his guns, and so they killed him. And they've now done 300-plus red flag law raids on different individual uh, gun owners in the state of Maryland, including, uh, including no-knock SWAT team raids. And in one of those no-knock SWAT team raids, a 20-something libertarian activist was shot dead in his bed while sleeping. Uh, during this no-knock SWAT team raid. And so there have been sheriffs that have already said, we're not going to enforce red flag laws. We're not going to force these lockdowns. And so we're starting with them. We have a handbook at thickredline.org that explains to them, you know, what, you know, what natural law is. There's, you know, five main transgressions. There's theft, murder, rape, assault, and, uh, and trespass. And all of these are obviously wrong because there's a victim. And the word right, everybody says, I have a right to this, I have a right to that. Uh, well, many people don't understand that the word right comes from, also comes from the natural law tradition, and a right is anything that's not a wrong. And so if you're not hurting somebody else, then you have a right to be doing whatever it is that you want to do as long as you're not hurting somebody else. 
And when the police come and, you know, because uh, a politician wrote it down on a piece of paper, they use violence against overwhelmingly peaceful people. They become the criminals because they're actually committing a wrong and they have to deal with the karma of that, even, even if it doesn't come immediately. And so, you know, not only with this with this end the lockdowns and end uh, the, you know, the war on people that is called the war on drugs, but, you know, it would also save the taxpayers billions and it would, uh, you know, break the backs of drug cartels and pimps. It would keep hundreds of thousands of peaceful people out of for-profit prison where they're frequently forced to work as slave labor. But finally, it would restore respect to the police. And so everybody wins. The police wins. They don't want to be doing this. We've talked to them. I've talked to dozens and dozens of police officers. I know they don't want to be raising revenue on their friends and neighbors, but they haven't had a way out until now. And that way out is collectively refusing to do it, supported by the community. And uh, and we think that, uh, that that's an idea that's got some legs. It seem, seems to be taking off. And so uh, that's what we're, what we're working on right now is we're starting with the, the sheriffs that we already know have the courage to say no to using violence on peaceful people. For people who uh, want to find out more about this idea and what you're doing, how can they find that information? And for people who are already on board with this idea and want to help, how can they do that? So uh, thickredline.org uh, thick is the website. And on the website, there's, there's two things that you can do. You can download the handbook and you can also sign up for some trainings, some you know, over Zoom that we're putting together uh, that will teach you how to organize your own community and your own sheriff's department or uh, sheriff's office or police department to go Thick Red Line. Uh, we have cards for cops that you can order, and they they explain the basics to you know to you know to rank and file deputies and officers or the sheriff or the police chief, uh, and uh, and we're we're especially looking for people in each community that have gravitas and that have the ability to go and schedule a meeting with the sheriff or with with their elected officials and with journalists and and the local news newspaper and kind of you know explain to these constituencies. You know all of the benefits of going thick red line. Um, right now, you know, as you know, Black Lives Matter is pushing to defund the police. And while we share Black Lives Matter's frustration with police abuses, we are excited to let them know that there is a much better solution that doesn't throw cities and towns into turmoil because it, you know, immediately ends any kind of armed protective services that are that are available in the city but achieves the exact same outcome uh, with all of these other, you know, benefits that, uh, that def just defundment doesn't, you know, doesn't achieve. And so, uh, so we've got some trainings, we've got some cards for cops, and uh, you can find it all at thickredline.org. That's awesome. I, I very much am excited about this idea and hope that it develops from here. And I know that most of my audience will be on that side of people who are subject to these laws and, or these rules that are being handed down from on high and enforced by people who may not necessarily even want to enforce them. So I want to stress again that this is a narrative that people are trapped in and you don't know who is on your side until you actually stand up to it and you will be locked inside your own mental prison, uh, first of all, before you're locked inside your home. But let's 
let's address, actually, finally here, let's address the people on the other side of that coin. Uh, for any people in positions of enforcement who may be in the audience, what would you say to them directly about this idea? Uh, I would, first of all, I, I want them to understand that we're trying to help them. I have friends that are police officers that are good people that signed up and I don't think that they understood what they were getting into, you know, when they took the job. And now the politicians are leaning on these guys, you know, to do more and more tyrannical things. I mean, it's, you know, they, when a lot of people signed up, they didn't have red flag laws. They didn't have lockdowns. And now they're talking about potentially mandatory vaccinations. And so the police are now looking, you know, for a way out. And so this is a way out that restore that allows them to keep their jobs, restores respectability, but at the same time ends the violence and ends the you know ends the kind of the the practices that are ca causing uh, racial and societal division in our cities and in our towns. Um, the the majority, as far as I can tell, of the of the unintended deaths and the riots that come with them and everything else is almost always connected to the enforcement of victimless crimes, whether it's the, it was the no-knock uh, you know, SWAT team raid that killed Breonna Taylor in Louisville, whether it was you know, choking Eric Garner out in New York City for selling you know, loose cigarettes. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost every single incidence where, you know, where the police are commit, you know, committing you know, these unintended killings with their unintended consequences it is the enforcement of victimless crimes. They don't want to be doing that. They don't want to be, you know, uh, raising revenue on their friends and neighbors through what Sheriff Mack calls taxation through citation. And so they have the ability to say no. And that's really the good news. When the police are, are, are going after murderers, rapists, and thieves, everybody loves the police. Everybody loves the police when they're going after real crimes with real victims. It's only the raising the revenue and the, and the victimless crimes that lead to this racial and societal division. If you end that, then you know, you've got all of these, these benefits and it saves the taxpayers billions to boot. And so I want them to know that that option is out there and that, 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 that they have friends in the community that will stand behind them. And the community will stand behind them because I haven't met anybody that wants them to be enforcing these victimless crimes or raising revenue on their friends and neighbors. And so they need to understand that the community is behind them. They have the ability to say no. And, and for the dirty, dirty politicians that would use them, that would use them immorally and have them commit violence on peaceful people to achieve revenue goals, um, that those those bad actors become completely impotent if the police say no. Tyranny only comes to your door in a uniform and a badge. And if the police say no, then the politicians are absolutely positively impotent. We're supporting the police to say no. What an exceptionally powerful message and a powerful idea that should, I hope, resonate with the audience. Um, imagine police being heroes again, rather than uh, subjects of villainy and scorn. So um, very, very interesting idea. Is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with before we wrap up here? You nailed it. We're looking for heroes and we're looking for the, for that we need, you know, we need at least two or three sheriff's departments or police departments to go first. 
And if you want to know what real courage is, I mean, I, there's nothing courageous about being stacked up eight to 10 guys deep in body armor in a no knock raid, you know, SWAT team raid on a, on a, you know, a pothead or a gun owner. That's not, I don't call that courage. What I call courage is standing up against these politicians and saying, Hey, we're not going to do it supported by the community. That's real courage. We're looking for the first couple of heroes that want to go first. And I lean on your audience to help us, help us identify those, those, those sheriffs, police chiefs, deputies, and officers that have the courage to go first, because that's what the world needs at this time. And hopefully this is an idea that doesn't just, you know, stay contained in the United States, but spreads out across the world. Because if, if, you know, if the, the enforcement arm of the politicians say no, that could be something that could go global. And so we're, we're looking for people to take it global as well. We're looking for heroes. Please help us find those heroes. Howard Lichtman, thickredline.org. I hope people will check out the site and see if there's a way that they can get involved with this idea. And uh, we're going to leave it there for today. But I hope you can join us again to update us on this idea as it develops. Uh, thank you again for your time. Thanks, James. I appreciate it. Okay, well, that's a nice, uh, it's a nice, nice little interview that Howard did. So we'll continue. Let's go down. All right. <clears throat> we are in the. Okay, so we're talking. Now we're going to get into water. So water, you either use a filter or you are a filter. Drink spring water distilled and, uh, and or fluoride and chlorine-free filtered water where you have the ability to uh, uh, filter yourself. A gravity-fed filter doubles as a portable filter in emergencies, but under the kitchen sink filters and whole house filters are the best for ease of use and removing fluoride and chlorine from showering, bathing, swimming, water. Fucking cats. The Fluoride Action Network has organized thousands of shit of doctors, dentists, scientists, chemists, and environmentalists, including both Nobel Prize and Goldman Prize winners into a campaign to end water fluoridation because it lowers IQ in children by around seven IQ points. And uh, here's a brief summary from the organizer's website. As of June 2018, a total of 60 studies have investigated the relationship between fluoride and human intelligence. And over 40 studies have investigated the relationship of fluoride and learning and memory in animals. Of these investigations, 53 of the 60 human studies have found that elevated fluoride exposure is associated with reduced IQ, while 45 animal... Is that, wait a minute, it's funny, 7 IQ points and it's fluoride and fluoride calcifies your uh, pineal gland. Uh... Wade, cut it out. Come on, dude. So, uh, the human studies, which are, which are based on IQ examinations of over 15,000 children, provide compelling evidence that fluoride exposure during the early years of life can damage a child's developing brain. Okay, but hey, your teeth are... The enamel on your teeth is fine. <laughs> um... 
so like I said, way back in the live stream. So this is, uh, this is an important thing to, to remember. When you're filtering water, the best way to do it is distilled water, which is basically you're capturing, it, it's, it's a machine that captures, it basically boils the water and it captures the steam and then you drink the condensation or drink the steam, sorry, not condensation, not condensation. Um, so that's probably one of the best ways of filtering water. You can do that with any water and get clean water as a result. You can do that with pond water and get clean water as a result. Um, so many, many people for hundreds of years have used that process to clean water. I really, I really uh, think that it's something that everybody should learn how to do and to do successfully. They make machines for that, but what happens when that machine breaks down? We got to figure out what, how to, uh, how to do it on our own out in nature. If the situation should ever arise that you're maybe camping or something and having a good time out in the woods and you need clean water, well, maybe you don't have a source of clean water around you, but water is there and you need to learn how to clean that. Uh, you can set up filter systems and stuff like that, but all in all, distilling the water is probably the best bet. Then, well, you're in your house now, so let's let's take it back home. So what are we going to do at home? Um, and uh, so when you're at home you want to get something that's on the main line like a like a filter there you know uh, so a gravity fed fed filter uh, under the kitchen sink filters and the whole house a whole house filter that would be the one I'm talking about here would be the one that you put on the main line with every drop of water that's coming into your house it's run through a filter first it's expensive but all good things are. <laughs> um, so we don't think about the water intake as much as we should. These, you know, we really don't. It's something that we like that we don't consciously think about like all the time is the water. It goes on your skin. That's transdermal absorption. That's what that's called. Is when you're taking in water from your uh, when you're washing your hands, when you're taking a shower or a bath or whatever. You know, when you're hopping in a swimming pool, you know, the chlorine in that water is not good for your skin. We all know that already, you know, we, we know, that, oh, too much chlorine, we, we know that, but the point is, is that that phrase too much shouldn't be, you know, it, it should be real, like we should be talking in, in, in real terms of what too much is, and too much is any. Um, so, we need to we need to be better at that. I I know in our house we do. Uh, we we do make we make strides in the right direction, but it's really tough. So forming better habits around the water intake and the food, which we'll get into in just a minute. So forming better habits it takes time and attention, but we're worth it, right? Our health, our well-being not only for ourselves, but if you have children, the well-being of your children, it's all worth it. So we need to take these steps. And it bec we become more autonomous in, the, in, in doing so. Um, our IQ going down is a very, very big deal. Uh, there are things going on with the masks. Not to derail it too much, but there are things going on with... with um, 
there are things going on right now these days with with children not only wearing masks but being exposed to people that are in masks constantly on a all like on all fronts these cats are these cats are going to end up outside by the end of the night just kidding um so we're already seeing results and i wish i had the studies to back this up but we could very well let me just then, then let me let me speak of it like this let me speak of it like this we could be seeing results already about what these masks have been doing to our children and their development see when children are developing they need they need your face they when they're learning how to speak when they're learning body language when they're learning emotional response when they're learning all of these things they're absorbing it you know they're they're learning it they're boom 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 one day after another they're they're learning all of these things and if you put that thing over your face and you and this is and all you can see is right here this is, if this is all if this is all the children can see how much of the so like how how much how much emotion comes from this part of your face right how much how much emotion comes from that part of your face how much how much language all of it you know, you can hear the words leaving my mouth, but when you can't see my mouth moving or, or whatever, like it's really, it's really difficult to, to see. Like the like you can tell by my eyes. You know, it, it's all fun and games, but this is a serious matter that we're not really talking about enough lately. We're we're so concerned about our about about this health uh, aspect of of a virus that we're not worried. About, about long-term consequences for short-term problems. I really think that we should be paying more attention to that, you know, and doing the best we can with the short-term problems, but really, really consider the long-term consequences. It's something that comes to my mind frequently. So I wanted to like kind of make that point. I wanted to like talk about that for a second and get away from the book and kind of just talk more about about that. that we could the point is is that we could be seeing uh, developmental milestones in children on the decline as far as like when they're supposed to happen and even the results of those milestones leaning into leading into other milestones being met. We could be seeing uh, really, really, really bad effects being, uh, you know, taking place here. Now their their IQs are dropping and everything. Uh, that's due to a lot of other things, not just masks and all of this, you know, social distancing and all of these other measures that have been implemented over the last two years like we're not just so don't get distracted and bogged down by those those things but also remember that at the same time that all of these other things are happening we're about to get into this and I, I believe in a minute um, all, at the same time that all of these other things are happening we're also seeing skyrocketing numbers of prescription drug use and not only that but we're gonna see a lot of mental. We're gonna see a lot of mental health concerns rising in the future with our children, the next generation behind me, 
my, you know, my children will, I, I'd like to think that we're doing a good enough job, but you know, who's, I don't know, hopefully they turn out good. <laughs> um, but we're, we're doing the best we can over here, but we're certainly not subjecting them to outrageous amounts of trauma that you see the majority of people doing to their children these days. I am concerned for the future that the children today will turn into adults with that are over encumbered with mental health problems and prescription drug abuse, suicide rates, child abuse, sexual abuse, all of these things on the up concerns me as a father. So um, we'll go back to the book here and continue reading. So that was a that was a little you know that was a little bit about water. So here we go. Don't eat corporate food or take their addictive drugs. One shining light is a global clean food. One shining light is a global clean food revolution that encompasses local uh, local vores, farm to plate, know your farmer, certified GMO free labeling, and backyard gardens. People are figuring out corporate food is toxic and has frequently been engineered to be addictive using food additives and chemicals, including glutamates, refined grains, refined sugars, uh, sugar and salt, sugar and fat, etc. From the days of the East India Company, Russell and Company, and the opium trade organized crime uh, has been selling addiction and taking over big tobacco, big food, and big pharma was a logical extension of the addiction for profit business model. You know, we could even get into, you know, we could, like, we could even, <clears throat> we could even real briefly get into, like, how these, how these fast food restaurants are even put together, like the lobbies of them when you go down and you sit, like, for instance, not like everything from the sign that you see driving down the road to the seat that you're sitting in is engineered to get you into this mind, this, this state of mind where you're, you know, where, where it's like, uh, it dominates your eating habits. It makes you think the food is good when it's not. It makes you think it tastes good when it, when it really doesn't, it's not good tasting food at all, but with all the additives and everything that's in it, it tricks your like dopamine response. It tricks all these things, like all these chemical responses that you have in your brain into thinking that it's good into thinking that it may even be good. It may even be good for you when in fact it's not, it's a mind fuck and it's just another way that they're controlling us. Think of it this way as well. If we had a healthy public, like a physically, or a physically healthy public, how far do you think that they would be able to get when something like what's just been going on for the last two years has happened? How far do you think that they would be really be able to get? 
do you think that a, that a physically fit population would be afraid of this when we when we know now that like that it's that it's easy to overcome if you're physically fit or even if you're on the outskirts of being physically fit it's relatively easy to overcome so i mean that was just another that, that's just another aside there and we'll go back to the book uh, cocaine and heroin, this is the real reason the U.S. military is currently occupying, well, it's not currently occupying Afghanistan anymore, but in both the U.S. military and DEA are working with the, uh, with the Colombian organized crime government and Plan Colombia. Both are places where the relatively rare poppy is cultivated and processed where they can control the entire area to limit competition. Um, this goes back in history. Okay, I know I'm switching back and forth a lot here. So this goes back in history a long time, the use of opium, the use of opiates uh, in war. And not just like a full, you know, hot war, but when one culture is looking, or maybe not culture, but when one like government or when one group of people, let's, all right, so let's, let's, let's break it down this way. Um, the opium wars in China, right? That was Great Britain, you know, basically using opium against the Chinese people. I remember that because I was there. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, these are these are these are real things. Like you know, U.S. military guarding her, uh, poppy fields in Afghanistan. Why are we doing that? Why, like, why are we doing that? Why aren't we just burning them down? You know, um, in the first month of this, this puppet president's, you know, uh, in the first month of this, of this president Biden's freaking term, you know, he uses glyphosate on the coca plants down in Colombia, you, you know, like th this, it's just all it's it's all just I'm, I'm getting mixed up here now but it's not a big deal let's just get back to uh let's get back to this so the legal opioids and selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor ssris uh drugs sackler family i gotta stop moving the mouse you know fucked up the sackler family and purdue pharma given a government grant monopoly patent on the legal opioid oxycontin which is allowed to be widely overprescribed prescribed to kids and even covered by insurance purdue has made 35 billion on oxycontin alone since 1996 um, other opioids and narcotics and ssris given similar government uh, granted monopolies and opioids alone have caused 165,000 deaths since 2000. SSRIs include Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, Luxa, Lovux, and Celexa have been linked to, among other issues, suicidal and homicidal ideation and mass shootings. Um, yeah. So we, we go back to every, uh, 
this is a bold statement, but it's one I'm willing to make. Every single mass, uh, every single, not, I'm sorry, not mass shooting, but every single school shooting that has taken place, the toxicology reports come back and these kids that are, or whoever is performing these, these school shootings, they're on a, a plethora of, of, uh, of like SSRIs or, you know, things like Adderall, Concerta, Ritalin, Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, like all of these things, you know, SSRIs in particular, I know Adderall and uh, Concerta and Ritalin are not necessarily SSRIs, but they're still prescription drugs that do have a very, 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 very large impact on your emotional, um, on your emotional uh, stability and can really affect those uh, around you. I know for a fact, I have experience with, uh, with being prescribed to those, those medications, they call them, but they're just drugs. I have a, lot, I have a very long history with, with uh, Adderall and Ritalin, personally. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it can be very bad. My headphones died, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, even this past year, well, not past year, but uh, was it? Yeah, it was 2021. I was, I'm, I'm getting, getting into my own personal life here, but hell, why not? I, I was, uh, I was prescribed I was prescribed to Adderall, and it really, really fucked me up for a while. And I'm off it now, but I was having a very tough time, and I don't really want to think about it, so we'll move on. The injections and vaccines that came out in June of 2000 at the CDC's Simpsonwood uh, meeting that the government knew it was mandatory vaccines uh, that were causing autism and neurological issues. I provided a link in my Discord. Although we're not using Discord to chat with me live tonight, I still have a link in the Hitchhiker's Guide, uh, A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth Discord. Links mentioned during the show. I believe I've pr provided that link, and uh, I have. I've just confirmed that, so we'll get out of there. And... So if you're interested in, uh, in reading up on that, you can hear from uh, RFK Jr. himself about that uh, in that report that's, that I'm talking about right there. The government has now admitted that vaccines can cause autism and neurological issues and have paid out billions in their secretive vaccine courts that shield their organized crime pharma partners from liabilities in the regular court system. The 2016 documentary Vaxxed featured a CDC whistleblower that testified that the agency lied and destroyed evidence that the MMR vaccine was causing autism and neurological issues. Um, MMR is mumps, measles, and rubella. It's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty bad one. The best documentaries are Vaxxed. The CDC is lying. The greater good. 
for uh, aluminum and trace amounts mercury for, uh, if you want information about mercury so sugar is the real gateway drug this is okay so this like this is where th this is where like kids get addicted you know to sugar and uh so uh, psychologically and physically addictive and added to thousands of food products um you would never suspect and even cigarettes whose industries is why am I having trouble reading this and even cigarettes whose industry is the number two user of sugar after food and beverage toxic to the body and primes the brain for alcoholism and other forms of addiction so yeah I'm going to not click on that but uh, tobacco and nicotine tobacco companies add in some brands hundreds of additional additives and chemicals that make cigarettes more addictive uh, according to the US National Cancer Institute of the more than 7,000 chemicals in tobacco smoke at least 250 are known to be harmful including hydrogen cyanide carbon monoxide and ammonia among the 250 known harmful chemicals in tobacco smoke, at least 69 can cause cancer. I smoked cigarettes for like 20 years. I'm 32 years old, so I'm pretty much fucked. But I don't smoke them anymore. Um, and you may or may not be able to tell, but I actually do have some nicotine gum in my mouth right now. So ethyl alcohol, liquor, or spirits, ale, wine, beer, poisonous to the brain, heavily subliminally marketed, product placement in televisions and movies, blood sugar imbalances from refined sugar and grains, primes for alcoholism. So we're going back to sugar, you know, because of the amount of sugar that's in alcohol, your alcohol drinks and whatever. Oof. It's not good. Um... So when you're a kid and you're getting all that sugar, getting all ramped up on sugar and everything, it feels great. You know, sugar rush, zoom, you, you, pupils dilate and <laughs> you're high. Uh, so, and then later on in life, when you get that first hit, that's why, you know. So this is, con like, this is uh, really, it's really important that we're conscious of our diets. And that we're that we're trying to be more careful of what we eat. Um, what we intake at a very early age has an impact on us for the rest of our lives. Um, ethyl alcohol. We just went over that. Caffeine. So, all right, just to touch a little bit more about, let's just talk about alcoholism real quick, because again, like this is a problem that I've had to deal with in my life, and it's not something that that that's very uncommon these days, especially when the pandemic hit and they kept the they they kept the uh, liquor stores open. Now, there's two reasons why they did that. I mean, the one reason I'd like to think is true is that because if people just stop drinking alcohol, they go into withdrawals and they can die. 
alcohol withdrawals are like the only there's two forms of withdrawals that can kill you and alcohol withdrawals are like the number one reason people die in a withdrawal state from detoxing um i think the other one is like benzos or something like that i can't really remember off the top of my head so yeah Uh, caffeine is addictive added to soft drinks and energy drinks targeting kids pre-workout drinks targeting athletes and with coffee heavily marketed through national monopoly chains Starbucks Dunkin Donuts and 7-Eleven also selling toxic sugar uh, search Jason Kristoff and caffeine 14 little known facts about coffee uh, cannabis <clears throat> excuse me So this might this might rub some people the wrong way about cannabis, but cannabis can be cannabis can be addictive for some and can blot out emotional pain that is needed for change and healing. Cannabis is being legalized, which is good, much less harmful than alcohol, but often sold by the organized crimes government shops or politically connected licensees. Better to use the black market than give organized crime a nickel. Watch out for genetically modified Monsanto cannabis, toxic pesticides, and strains designed and widely distributed to achieve couch lock in front of the television. So, you know, couch lock, maybe if you're a regular cannabis user, you know, you know what couch lock is. I provided the link to the Monsanto cannabis uh, in the Discord. So have fun reading that. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I know I'm talking a lot about like, you know, freedom of choice and all this stuff. And I'm like, now I'm talking about all these harmful things and whatever, but don't get it twisted. This isn't me telling anyone how they should be living their lives and what they should and shouldn't be doing with their own bodies or should and shouldn't be putting into their own bodies. That'd be kind of hypocritical of me at this point, don't you think? But these are just things that we're meant to think about. The choices that you make require thought. So, uh, moving on. So, moving on. Television, internet, and gaming addiction. The plug-in drug. Think of the television, gaming, social media, and internet video as weapon platforms to steal your time, deceive you, or capture your attention long enough to show you a commercial, usually for something addictive, harmful, or during the political season to trick you into participating in organized crimes puppet shows. The medium itself elicits a state of an attentional inertia marked by lowered activity in the part of the brain that processes complex information. Television exploits human uh, psychology to keep people glued to the set using, among other techniques, human biological predisposition to watch high-status monkeys, i.e. celebrities, sexually attractive people, and the brain's survival mechanism of tracking constant motion. YouTube both censors algorithmically and tempts you with time wasters to distract you from doing anything that would lead you out of slavery. Um, uh, you know, like, oh man, 
I know I made a mission to read this book and everything, but like, like this part really, this part really, you know, hits home for me, um, a lot with the, with the television and all this other stuff and whatever. And you're even watching me right now on your own computer or listening to me, you know, with your headset via the podcast or, you know, whatever on the replay, um, however you're viewing this and everything like this is not that we're not Luddites. Okay. This is not a, this is not a bash on, on technology. Um, this is just, again, are we thinking through our actions? You know, I had to do something today that was, that was like a bummer of a moment. And I'll be honest with you guys about it. I went and I had to, I, I, for whatever reason, thought I needed that new gaming console, the Xbox. I bought it. This was a couple weeks ago. I, I, I bought the new, I bought the new Xbox. I found one and I was like, wow, cool. I like playing video games. And so I went and I bought it. And then, you know, some other stuff happened and I'm like, I don't need this thing, you know? I don't need it. What I could need, what I do need is, and I wish I didn't need it, but I need to know that I have that financial security right now. So I went and I returned it and I got my $500 back to make sure that I could do what I needed to do in life, um, which doesn't involve playing video games. Is that moving? Um, but we, you know, we, we went and returned the Xbox because it wasn't a necessity. Like we went and we did it and we had, uh, realized we made a mistake and I took it upon myself to return it, which turns out to be a pretty good decision. Um, so I like video games. I like, I like watching TV and stuff like that. You know, it's what you, what you do in if you're doing it all the time, if it's like you're constant, it's not really good. It's not really good for your mind. Uh, but going out and talking to people and maybe even having your own podcast, like that's a better use of your time. Uh, meat. Humans are biologically herbivores and can reduce their in. Uh, reduce their incidence of obesity, cholesterol, and other health issues by ditching meat. The blood in meat contains album, alb, albumin, hemoglobin, and gamma globin, gamma globulin, and all of these chemicals activate opioid receptors. When meat eaters were treated with a drug used to block opioid, opiate receptors, ham consumption fell by 10%, salami by 25%, and tuna by 50%. Uh, the best documentaries would be What the Health, Dominion, and The Game Changers. So didn't we talk about that a few minutes ago, actually? Didn't I bring that up? About how uh, the chemical reactions in your brains from eating food? I know we were talking about fast food when I brought it up, but still. Hmm, here we go. Dairy. Humans are the only species that drinks milk past adolescence or the milk of another species, even though 75% of the population is lactose intolerant because they're, because our bodies aren't designed to process it. Casein, one of the proteins in milk, crosses the blood-brain barrier and becomes something called casomorphins, which sounds a lot like morphine, 
because casomorphin is also an opioid. <laughs> hmm. Glutamates, a class of food additive best known for monosodium glutamate, MSG, but includes glutamates uh, deceptively hidden by the addiction industry as yeast extract, textured protein, whey protein, soy protein, and dozens of other tricky names and derivatives to make food physically and psychologically addictive. culture war what time is it okay uh, turn off the bot and paid for mainstream media and begin getting your news and information from the authentic voices on the self-directed internet alternative news frequencies the Corbett rapport the Corbett report YouTube uh, slash podcast tragedy and hope uh, the Anti-Media Press for Truth, that's in Canada. Technocracy News and Trends. Mint Press News. Global Research. Voluntarist and Libertarian Political Commentaries. Larkin Rose website. Uh, well, these are supposed to be links. Uh, Mark Passio. Ernest Hancock. From uh, Freedoms Phoenix, Pirates Without Borders, and Declare Your Independence radio show. Uh, Brian Young, High Impact Flicks, Truth Videos. Kerry uh, Weldler, Max Egan, The three, the Free Thought Project, Cop Block, uh, Liberty.me, slash Jeffrey Tucker, Chief Liberty Officer, The Philosopher, LouRockwell.com, Media Monarchy, uh, Pete Mance Raider Raymond Pete Raymond Mance Raider I thought I thought that was Pete Quinones oh, maybe I'm wrong the media monarchy is uh, hell, well we share the same first name I can't remember the, his last name right now he does a show with uh, he actually him and James Corbett actually uh, team up they do they do a pretty fun show together uh, we've featured the philosopher early on in this live stream not tonight but way back we uh, of course there's Lark and Rose who we have uh, we've we've mentioned many many times and last but not least you know this man Mark Passio that you hear a lot about, you know, um, a lot of people talk about Mark Passio, and boy, is there a lot to talk about with him. He's, uh, he's, he is the, the guy to go to about natural law. I suggest that you watch his show. It's called What on Earth is Happening, and you must watch his show from episode one. Everything that follows is, you need to you go from one to episode one to episode two, episode three, episode four. You cannot skip around with his stuff. Um, and if you really don't want to watch his show, you can find the uh, Mark Passio's Natural Law Seminar on, I believe you can find it on YouTube. 
is Richard Grove uh, taped a natural law seminar given by Mark Passio back in, I think, 2014. Might have even been before that, but I think it was 2014. Um, oh, no. Anyways, let's not get bogged down about the time that it that it got you know recorded, but the but we're just grateful that it still exists on the internet. It's really the it's really the core of his work, and we're gonna be we're gonna be getting into natural law a lot into the in the future of this show for sure. It's something that you know more people need to talk about and to explain it and to take the time to explain it is definitely what needs to happen. So we're gonna do that. Um, I have a lot of, I have a lot of time spent learning about natural law, and not only the first, not only like the, uh, not 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 only, <laughs> so like what qualifies me? Well, I've lived a life. I, that's what's quali- that what that's what's qualifying me here. I've lived a life, and I don't want to harm anymore. So we need to learn natural law, and that's the way out. Natural law is the remedy to what we're dealing with right now with this condition of slavery that we're in. So uh, so here's some researchers and organizations focused on government and media corruption. So it's the Institute for the Study of Globalization and Covert poli- Politics, uh, Light on Conspiracies, which is Ole Demagog, False Flag Weekly News, uh, James Evan Pilato. James Evan Pilato. That's media monarchy. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, memory hole blog from Professor James Tracy, Jim Fitzer, Whitney Webb, Plasma Burns, Mr. St- uh, Mr. Stosh. It might be censored off the net. And Douglas Valentine for CIA crimes. You go to musical artists with uh, true, uni- true universal. It was introspective hip hop and spoken word. Diesel automatic, which is truth hop with a message. So we're gonna stop. My boy Joe Murray, who does the intro music to this show, he teams up with Diesel Automatic on many tracks. They go hard. Those guys are fucking awesome. We got Jordan Page, who's acoustical guitar, and Eric July and backwards. Um, Eric July has his own podcast. It's called uh, For Canon Sake. Eric July is a big comic book nerd, and he's also big into the lib- uh, big in the liberty movement. Uh, his band is Backwards. We got Rob Hustle uh, from Triple Threat. We got Nema Five or Nema V, uh, hip hop and dub plates. Elias Clay. Uh, if you go back to Can You Handle the Truth in Music, Volume 3. Is it Volume 3? Francesco Sani plays some Elias Clay music. Fucking beautiful voice. And you can hear I am, I, when he played that, I was just blown away. Wait until go back, go go watch that, go listen to that, and uh, and you you know, Elias Clay is a very very good artist. The Wandering Monks, uh, Freedom Movement, 
Remo Conscious, Tatiana Moros, and The Founders. The Founders is Mark Passio's band. They're anarchist hardcore metal. And uh, we can feature them some point in time. So, uh, so healers and life facilitators. Kenny Paul, uh, man, Palerintano, traveling vegan chef and life facilitator. Uh, Burnt MD, a.k.a. the Gorilla Healer, Bernard Gunther. He is uh, integrative bodywork and holistic coaching, Clive DeCarl, and Jason Kristoff. We just mentioned Jason Kristoff a minute ago. Voluntarist anarchist comedy, YouTube sensations, <laughs> Benny Wills and Kevin Kosselnick. They're Joy Camp. Uh, Remy Munasefi, Munasefi, uh, Doug Stanhope, Comic Dave Smith, and George Carlin. Who's George Carlin? Facebook groups and meme creators, memes, Anarchy Ball. I was actually supposed to interview him last night. Sorry. The Art of Liberty Foundation. Statism is still a cult. Uh, so for shooting, physical security, combat arms, max velocity tactical, technology and information, security researchers, Richard Salman, uh, restoreprivacy.com, privacytools.io, free software foundation, tech rights, avoid untrusty, untrustworthy frequencies, anyone pumping Trump, Tulsi, Bernard, yeah, Bernie, Bloomberg, Elizabeth, AOC, Cory Booker, or any other television manufactured government savior or casino-owning outsider is suspect. Anyone promoting communism, socialism, fascism, neoconservatism, democracy, or any other government system that is easily hijacked and controlled by moneyed interests is at best misguided and worst a paid political agitator or agent. Let me know if any of our trusted frequencies are suspect. Yes, Alex Jones is a tool and gatekeeper. Uh, the Drudge Report is designed to waste your time with clickbait and keep you in the fake left-right statist paradigm. If it is coming from a mainstream media company or being pushed or suggested for you by Google News, YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, Wikipedia, Snopes, or other control of perception media companies, it is automatically suspect. Um, untrust, untrusted frequencies and probable controlled opposition. This is only a partial list. The Drudge Report, Infowars, Liberty Hangout. Edward Snowden, Joe Rogan, David Icke, QAnon, Russell Brand, Jesse Ventura, Vice News, uh, Noam Chomsky, Stefan um, Molyneux, Paul Joseph Watson, Democracy Now!, The Young Turks, Glenn Beck, <laughs> Your Newswire, Christopher Cantwell, Millie Weaver, Caitlin Bennett, and Owen Schroyer. Yeah. That's a list and a half right there. Got you some of you motherfuckers with the David Icke shit, huh? Probably might even got some of you with that fucking Alex Jones and Joe Rogan bullshit. 
but I'm telling you right now, it's not all it's it's not all it's cracked up to be, kids. Um, so, you know, you know what? Because I'm I'm scrolling down here, and this is uh this is some stuff that's going to require a lot of attention. We're just going to go back to that, okay? Uh, we're just going to cut the stream short a little live, uh, the live stream short a little tonight. I think that I, uh, I think that we covered some of that, you know, and I'm, I am rushing through some of it. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, but you know, Hey, it's just more of the same, right? Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. We're going to be talking more about that kind of stuff in the future. About how it's all the same stuff over and over and over again. Because what's it going to take to get through to you? That that's what, you know, that's the reality we live in now. So we're going to, we're going to turn gears after a couple more painful episodes of, of the bad news we're gonna we're gonna eventually be able to turn gears and get into more solutions approach uh, mindset and I think that you know through this through these readings and whatever I've, I've tried to you know give as many solutions as possible along the way um, getting asked about the new matrix movie <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about the new matrix movie I'm, I'm gonna fucking tell this kid. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> so in any case, like I, I really want to be able to provide solutions and be more of a on a positive uh you know approach to what's going on in the world today and it's definitely something that needs to be focused more on so we're going to turn gears into doing in, into uh, that kind of that kind of talking you know, later on down the road when I can form my, uh, when I can form my, uh, thoughts better and give you guys more information about these, this, these, uh, solutions that we can, that we can start doing, that we can start partaking in. And, uh, next week we'll be getting into We'll be getting into uh, more about the <laughs> You know, fuck it, we'll do it tonight We'll do one more hour Because I got nothing else better to do Should we? No, I'm gonna call it Alright, well In any case <sighs> So, 
Thank you all for tuning in. I'm James Cordiner, and I have been your host of A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth this evening. I really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you watching, and have a great night. <laughs>